Welcome to the Disgruntled Sailor Podcast, a place where my scumbag friends and I talk shit, tell stories, and spread rumors. I hope you motherfuckers are ready because it's about to go down like motherfucking Kevin Hart. This entire ad is recorded with AI because we're fucking lazy, and this makes it funnier. We'd like to give a special shout-out to our sponsors, Georgia Beer Company and Rowdy Sailors, because without you, none of this shit would be fucking possible. Remember, bitches, the views and opinions expressed on the Disgruntled Sailor podcast are exclusively our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of any member or the views of the United States Coast Guard. The podcast does not have any association with or endorsement from the Coast Guard. We're just two individuals who happen to be in the military, expressing our own personal views and opinions. So sit back, relax, and crack a cold beer, unless you're underway, then next watch, motherfucker. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Disgruntled Sailor Podcast. Shut up, Harley! <laughs> welcome back. Yeah, uh, this episode is, is kind of like old times, so I'm at... Mr. Miami's house right now, and we are sharing the same microphone, just like we did on the ship. Exactly. Um, and we're using a computer we're not, you're not familiar with. Correct. So, you might not be able to hear one of us. Um, and we have a guest today, we have the boy on, for a special segment he's going to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Episode 75. Uh, first is the... Uh, feels weird not having my headphones on. I know, same. Like, this is how we, like, started doing, like, the first, like, 20 episodes. Yeah, like the ones on the ship. Yeah, it feels weird. Yeah. I feel poor now. <laughs> I feel like a poor person because I'm not, I'm not like, at my desk with my monitor and my webcam and, like, all yeah. the fancy shit. I feel like it's half-assed. But, I don't know, it feels good, though, to do it like this again. Yeah, so, you're visiting me because you were at a ceremony. Yeah, I was at a buddy's retirement ceremony. And we figured... Would you stop fucking moving? No, I'm okay. <laughs> uh, and you're staying here because you're a poor freeloader. And, uh, yeah, so we figured we'd do a fucking episode. Like old times. Uh, all right. First up, stickers. Yeah, uh, so the Kool-Aid stickers are in stock. They, I think I only have about ten left, and I'm going to reopen the ship store whenever I get back from leave. But it should be... Well open before this episode actually uh, comes live. I have a few other designs that I've already done, and I just got to turn into stickers as well. So there's going to be some more stickers coming. Yeah, we got some some good ones coming, like like some OG stick. Not OG as in like they've been around before, but they're like things that have been in the Coast Guard for a long time that we haven't seen yet, and we're pretty excited. Yeah. Um, we're also going to be doing some uh, more koozies. Uh, cause I'm running out. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a, the ship store is almost out of koozies. I think we only have like three or four left. Yeah. Uh, rest assured we're going to do the neoprene koozies cause I won't approve anything other than neoprene koozies. They're just the best. Um, and then, um, we're debating on whether to redo, re, re, re-release, re-release, yeah, release our, the challenge coin we did or create a new coin altogether yeah so if we go with a new coin it's going to be something absurd like 
the John Wick coin or it's going to be like – like I saw one the other day. It was it was like four inches wide and it had every rate the Navy had on it and it was a roulette wheel and you spun it and whatever the arrow landed on, that's what rate you should have been on. But if we do, the, if we do big ones, they're going to be pre-ordered. Yeah, because coins aren't, coins aren't cheap and we don't have that much money. Yeah, like almost nothing. So uh, we sell everything as cheap as we can so that we can just keep doing stuff. So, let us know what you think, whether we should do, like, something outrageous, like some six-inch audacious coin. Yeah, I mean, even if we do, if if we re-release the original coin, that'll just give us capital to do a ridiculous coin next. Yeah. All right, you got anything else for Abin? We don't really have anything else. Yeah, no, I don't. All right. All right, boy, you're up. Okay. Uh, get, get a little closer because you, you talk like a mouse. All right. So tell us – start at the beginning. So you went on a field trip. Yeah. So we were going to go on – they told us we were going on the D.C. trip. And about two weeks before we actually went on the D.C. trip, they announced that you could do a two- to three-paragraph essay on why you want to lay the wreath on the tomb. And it was kind of like a challenge between all of the 8th graders. What tomb? The Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in okay. D.C. So you were going on a field trip to Washington, D.C. And you there was a contest to see who could lay a wreath of the Unknown Soldier. Yeah. And you won. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so I want you to read the essay first, and we'll go over... Okay. Loud and proud, so all, spread cheer first so that all can okay. hear. However it goes. <laughs> the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier serves as a symbol for, for all who died at, the, at war and could not be identified. My dad is in the military and has been teaching me a lot about the matter. If I had the chance to lay a wreath at the, on the tomb, I would be exhilarated. Being a military kid, I feel I have, more, I have a more understanding and more respect for the tomb of this unknown soldier. I understand the importance of this m- monument and how America feels about it. I understand why, no matter the condition, the guards will always be ready, will always be there and ready. My dad has been in the military for 16 years and has taught me a lot, but most importantly, he taught me respect and how to act in certain situations. He showed me how important this is to him, and I would love to fulfill his dream. I have always been interested in history and our government. To be able to lay the wreath would be an honor. The changing of the guards and the laying of the wreath all have meaning that most wouldn't understand. Being able to know and get to understand is a great honor in itself, but being able to lay the wreath would be beyond that. I understand that the only one will be able to have this opportunity, but I was hoping that I could fill that spot. So you won. Yeah. And so you went to, what, Arlington? Yeah. The Arlington Cemetery. So when you get there, they just like, here's a wreath, good luck? No, so we walked around for about like 40 minutes to an hour looking at all like looking at all the grave sites and stuff. And then once we got closer to the tomb, like we were looking at like all the cemeteries, me and like some other teachers like split off from the group and went over to this. Because like if the tomb, if there's a tomb like behind it, not kind of underneath it, there's this like quarters where all the guards stay. And we stood in front of the door, um, we rang the doorbell, and someone came out. They were really nice. I wasn't expecting them to be so nice, but they were really nice. Why did you think they were going to be just mean? They just, they, just, they just looked mean. You just thought they were all going to be dickheads? 
I mean, you are. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, but he walked out, and he said, Hi, my name is this, and I'm going to be showing you um, what you do whenever you lay the wreath. And he took out this whiteboard, and it was everything was labeled. And he explained it two to three times to us and what, until we felt comfortable. And then we walked out, and we stood at the top of the stairs. And then, well, we... Well, we walked out, and we all sat around where, where everyone else sits, and we watched them, like, do the normal changing of the guards. And then once they finished doing the changing, then we walked to the top of the stairs. The one of the guards walked up and said and said his name, and he said, Hey, whenever I say this, you're going to follow whenever I do this, and you're going to lay your hand on your heart, and etc. And then we did it, and we walked down. He, they Once we got to the bottom, we put our hands on our hearts, and they played the anthem with, like, the trumpet and stuff. And then they handed was us... Was it an actual trumpet? Or was it like a recording of a trumpet? I'm pretty sure it was an actual trumpet. Hmm. And then... Because, like, he came out with the trumpet and started, like, playing it. Oh. Could you see in the end of the... What, I don't know what it's called. The, the bell? Yeah. Could you see in the bell? What? Like, the... Was there a white thing in the bell? Or was it just all brass? So, sometimes we get tasked to do military funerals. Mm-hmm. So, my new subordinate, it was his first time I ever had to do... Uh, a uh, a burial and i was like yeah you, you hold the trumpet and he's like i don't know how to play the trumpet i was like don't worry so your third best they put this thing it's a cone speaker into the end of the trumpet okay. and you hit play and then hold it up to your mouth yeah. like an asshole you, you turn away like sideways to the crowd so they don't and it plays but you have to turn it off at a certain time or it goes on to the next song <laughs> i wasn't really paying attention to that um, um, so I, I shared the video with a couple of people and RC Cola meant, noticed that you were the only one in step with the guard. Yeah. I tried really hard to, it's kind of hard to stay in step and not fall over cause the stairs are kind of weird. They're like half steps. Rookie. <laughs> <laughs> They're like half steps. You like take a step down and it's kind of mm-hmm. weird cause I'm not used to walking. Cause like we have steep stairs, so I'm used to walking up steeper stairs, but they were like half steps and. I tried to stay in. I tried to look forward and kind of stay in line with the soldier at the same time, because it just felt like you needed to. So was he army? Uh, he said he was national. I, I don't know. Did, you don't know? I don't know. They didn't. Because I know, like I know, the Coast Guard does it every once in a while. I'm pretty sure they are. Like they, they had think, like a white hat and like I'm pretty sure black those are uniform. Army White hat and black would be Marines. If it's a white hat with blue, I think. I think it's army. Uh, Excuse me. Sorry, Mommy. What? Mima doesn't like when I burp on the podcast, so I have to apologize. Okay. So they were like they weren't like all like uptight and It was that. Oh, that's a, that's an army guy. Yes, yeah, the That's a black hat. You said white hat. It's the third it was like US a month infantry ago. regiment known as the Old Guard. So, were they, like, all uptight, or were they like, hey, what's up? Like, come on in, like, so, relax? So, we didn't walk into their quarters. They stepped outside of their quarters, and, I mean, they were pretty nice, and, like, they they weren't, like, really uptight or anything like that, but once he started walking down, then he started to, like, get, like... Tense up. Tense up, and... Well, you said, right, you stood outside their quarters, and they had a doorbell? Was it a ring doorbell? No, it, no, it wasn't a ring doorbell. It was like this silver square with like a speaker at the top and a button, and then you pressed it and you said like, oh, and they said, "What's your school name?" We told them the school name, and then he walked out with a whiteboard. You oh. should have made stuff up. Yeah, that was your chance. The teacher yeah. said it, and oh. I didn't want to get yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> You're too nice. Um, 
That's pretty cool, though. Like, yeah. not a lot of people get to do that. You probably got closer to the tomb than most civilians get to. Like, I've never been that close to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I've always had to stand, like, back behind the railings. You know what I'm yeah, talking I about? Yeah, I got to walk all the way up. Like, the tomb was, like, meeting you away. Yeah. And I presidents do that. It, and you I know that? Right. You did the same thing presidents do. I'm, like, really cool. <laughs> <laughs> You've been spending too much time with me. <laughs> I have. You have? Yes. Uh, but, well, did you have a good time? Yeah, I had a great time. That's cool. Um, yeah, uh, if any of your kids ever get the opportunity, I kind of guilted you into, into writing it because I didn't guilt you. I said, if you don't write it and you watch one of your friends do it, you're going to be pissed that you didn't do it. I wrote it the night before, like 10 o'clock. <laughs> so what he's saying is he put minimal effort and still won. <laughs> Tell him how many people entered from your school. Two. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. There's always first loser. Only two people were like, yeah. "How do y'all want to do this?" Because I talked to everyone else. He was like, "Everyone else was like, I would do it, but I don't want to like be walk out there and then like start laughing." Mm-hmm. They'll yell at you for laughing mm-hmm. or talking yeah. during their ceremonies. Yeah. I've seen it. They can, they actually have live ammo in their sidearm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, all right, buddy. Thanks for your time. Get the hell out. beer cincher up stop making noise on purpose you want to see how hard i can punch that's what you get god did that to you for being a dick to your father getting the side eye from the uh studio audience purposefully on accident uh next is the um the a2p advance to promote or Which, promotion or whatever the fuck it is. I I think it's advanced to position. Yeah, that's it. That sounds. Did good. you look it up like I told you to? No, I'm gonna wing it. So you don't know any of the prerequisites for anything? Nope. Okay. I'm pretty sure though. I'm like seventy two and a half percent sure that. So advanced to position is basically the Coast Guard came out and said, "Hey, we have a bunch of undesirable picks that we didn't fill and we're struggling filling." So we will just give you the next higher ranking if you volunteer for these positions. Is it? It's only E sixty seven right now, right? No, it's it's, it's E seven E seven positions through E nine. Oof. So like us as E sixes, we could put in for one if we wanted to, and they would if we got it if we won. Yeah. If only two people applied, and we're like, yeah, <laughs> when we won, then we. Uh, like later in the year, they would just give you the next rank. So like, they, so I, I, I've seen the messages first of all, and I've seen they're not doing all of the rates. I know it's open to all rates, yeah, but so, I know that's not. I haven't seen the solicitation for all rates yet. Yeah. So when it first came out, it was only open to BMs and ETs. I thought and it was BM and MKs. No, it was only open to like BMs and ETs. And I was like, well, that's horseshit. And then we talked about it briefly on the podcast, and then like. We changed a, it. A couple of weeks later, they were like, hey, now it's open for every all rates. And I was like, I'm not saying we did that, but we talked about it, and now it's happening. Yeah. Uh, so now it's open to all rates, but I haven't seen every rate get a solicitation yet. Like, there's a few rates that haven't got one. Like, I haven't seen IT. I haven't seen IT. I haven't seen IT. I haven't seen MU. I haven't seen HS. I don't think there's ever going to be an MU advanced to position. I've never seen – I haven't seen GM yet. I haven't seen – Yeah, MSTs get one. Yeah, which like, – that one surprised me the yeah. most because, like, 
there's there's some they're kind of pieces like, of I didn't, shit, I didn't and think I, they I were, like like I figure it would only be for rates who are like struggling really bad. Right? Yeah, like MSTs, like I I picture MSTs is like yeah, MSTs are like pinky out kind of people when they do stuff, and I just feel like they wouldn't be like. Oh yeah, we have this special warrant program, and we have this special pin, and we set the um, you know the civilian requirements. But so we're gonna make all of our people like that, and like it was just surprising to see MSTs do the advanced position. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a cool program. I think there's gonna be. Tell him shut up. Shut up, please. I think there's gonna be. Some good and some bad that come come out of it, right? Because like, for I think the requirements for it, I think you have to have like all your EPQs and RPQs signed. I think you have to be eligible to sit for the service wide to, to be able to put in for those positions. Okay, I think that's what I'm like seventy two and a half percent sure about. Well, my first question is, is it like so? Like, I would go. I want to make E seven for this job. Here's all of my qualifications. Here's everything that I've did. Here's my marks. Here's everything, and then they compare you. And they pick the best candidate, or is it like? I think they. I think you submit a packet. Now, what that packet entails, I don't know, because I think it, it might be a little different for each rate. But I think they take all the packets and they pick and choose who they think is better for that position. That's. <coughs> it's. I think it's it's good and bad, right? Yeah. Because there there are plenty of people for every rate who look very good on paper. Who, who are pieces who, of who, shit. Who, yeah, who can't actually do their job. But there are people who may not look as good as that person on mm-hmm. paper, but who can do the job no no problem. Yeah. Like, we knew a chief that was, you know, he said he was a black sheep chief or blackballed chief because he wouldn't do, like, CCTI and CPOA, but Duke could do his job better than 90% of the fucking chiefs that, I, that were in his rate. Yeah, like, so I see it going both ways. And, and then being able to vet those people I feel like is going to be a learning curve I'm anxious to see like I, sh- I you know I was looking at the message the other day and I should have clicked on the like the SharePoint link which by the way I can't fucking stand SharePoint SharePoint and like Teams it so it's like I go to this website on the portal and it goes this website's no longer functioning please click this link to go to the SharePoint and then you go to the SharePoint and it says oh future home of blah 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 I go where the fuck am I supposed to get my information now so some of those A2P messages, they, they all have like the links, right, where you can go view the jobs. So some of the links work for me, and some of them don't. So like BMs, for example, I can go look at the BM link, and it pulls up all the jobs. But when the Yeoman message came out, I tried to click the Yeoman link, and it was like, you don't have access to this. Oh, like they're fucking special or something? Yeah, and I'm like... Excuse the fuck out of me. Out. Bunch of pieces of shit. I'm like, why are you hiding all this stuff? Yeah. I think that program's good and bad. Like, if they came out and they had a job for my rate that I wanted, like, they're like, we'll send, like, there's only, like, two jobs in the Coast Guard, in the entire Coast Guard, I mean, worldwide, that I would make, I would take anchors for and go to. Like, they'd have to guarantee me, be like, you can go to this place and we'll just make you a fucking chief. There's like two places in the whole world that I would go to, and there's no way that's going to happen. Yeah, so I, I don't really know like how it all works because I haven't really I don't know anybody who's done it. Yeah, it's like when that MSSE shit was coming out. Yeah, and like if you got like if you like like one of the guys that I work with actually got picked up for it, 
Like he he knows it more than most, but still, it's kind of like it's like wishy washy kind of. It's kind of like yeah, med boards or retirement or disability. It's so new that like not many people have done it yet, or yeah. I don't even know if anybody's done it yet. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure somebody saw it was like fuck yeah, I'll go that for chief. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there would be. Like, is there a job like aside from a cutter? Is there a job you would turn down for E seven? There's land jobs you'd turn down for E7? Yeah. Like what? I, I can't tell you without... Would they be training centers? No. Sectors? I I can't tell you the specific job. Is it No, like location. Is there like a location? Yeah, yeah. there's locations I don't want to go to. Oh, okay. Like I, I don't mean, want to go anywhere in the Northeast. Like so I, I... Somehow I'm still eligible for the service-wide. I have no, I have no idea how. That's because your EPQs and RPQs are done. And I looked like for... Three days, I was like, hmm, maybe. And then I looked at the EPAL, which, before everyone gets all fucking wound up, I know it doesn't have retirements, it doesn't have people that just go, fuck this, I'm done. I know yeah. it doesn't have, like, deaths and, like, fleet ups and everything. It just but ballparks it. It ballparks it. But of, like, the 27 E7 jobs, or 28 or whatever it was, there was, like, two that I could tolerate. The rest were fucking god-awful jobs. Like, so bad. And those are the jobs that are going to be on the A2P. <laughs> yes. There's not enough money in the world. They would have they would have to pay me a lot of money to go back to a Whitehall as a chief. Now, how funny would it be, right, if you were like, you did A2P, you made chief, and then you did your time, and all of a sudden you became eligible again, and you did another A2P. I bet there's going to be people in their careers that advance off multiple A2Ps. Oh, for sure. There has to be. I mean, not yet because it's so new, but I, I bet by the time we retire, I bet. I mean, you have people that get all the way to BM2 off of supplemental shits. Yeah. Why? How come all the rates don't have supplemental lists? I mean, I like them and I don't like them. So, like, I think until you're, like, until you're a second for, like, three years, you're not really worth anything. So, like, a, uh, like a BM... A I BM, like that's dependent on the person. What? I'm saying broad spectrum. Like, if you took, if I took a hundred BM3s, ninety nine percent of them are going to have the same skill level and the same knowledge level. You're going to have exceptions to the rule, you know. And same with BM2s. Just because you're a BM3 and you've been in six months and you got a QMO or like a crewman certificate, now you can be a BM2. You've been in six months, like, you know, you're. you're... Yeah, like I, I, I feel that. Josh. I feel that same way for people who make chief super young in their careers, like 10 years or less. Well, yes and no. Like, I feel like there are some good ones, but there's a lot more bad ones than there are good ones. There's, so you have good test takers? Yes. And then you have people that actually know what they're doing. And the, the second one's fewer and far between. I know people that are – I know people in my rate that are E7s that were, like, so fucking book smart. Like, they knew manuals front to back. They could recite manuals. They knew everything off the top of their head. You have someone to put anything into practical application, uh, complete horse shit. Yeah, see, I'm a horrible test taker, but I can figure out. Like, if you get, if I get a real-world problem at work, yeah, I'll figure out an answer. Yeah, or at least get a hold of somebody that can help me. Yeah. But I think it's like a, a BM2 or an MK2. MKs are a little different because you have more good MK3s than you have good BM3s, but... I think until you're like a season second, you're not really like that doesn't impress me. Like I mean, we had BM3s and BM2s on the ship. Well, we only had two BM2s, so 
But, like, of the BM3s we had, they were hit and miss. Yeah, like, we got a really good one, and then we got a really shitty one. Yeah. And, you know, can, can we talk about what the other one did yet? Do we talk about that? Oh, are you talking about the guy who went to... Uh, Mexico? Yeah, yeah, Did we talk about that yet? I don't know. Is it... Is it... It was adjudicated, right? He took a plea deal, right? He's not in anymore. He's out. Yeah, so the, we knew a BM3 made... I don't... Did he make BM2? I think he did. I think he made BM2, and he got caught bringing back, like, two oh, pounds. Okay, hold on. First of all, so... So he transferred to a unit. Yeah. He made BM2, transferred to a unit. He had just taken a drug test before he transferred. While he was in this new unit, he was in their, like, indoc program. Oh, that's and right. And he got ripped out of the program because he popped positive for, like, what was it? I don't remember. I, it was, I think it was Coke. Yeah, I think it was Coke. Yeah, he went to, like, a, a fucking concert or something, did some Coke, and then he got busted for it. After he had already transferred from a yeah, previous drug yeah, test. Yeah, I remember that. So he was, like, getting in the process of getting kicked out. And then the Coast Guard, I think, let him go. And he was still hanging out in the area. And then he became a drug mule for some, like, Mexican cartel. Yeah, he got caught with, like, two or three pounds of meth. And he was trying to bring it back oh, no, it from was, Mexico. It um, was more than that. It was, like, 40-something pounds. I don't I don't think it was that much. I looked at the, at the, uh, the court documents. Really? It was like the United States of America versus this person's name. Yeah. So 40 pounds of meth's not a good look. Yeah, like in the trunk of his car. Yeah. And they caught him. And I think he ended up – he was facing a lot of charges. I think he ended up taking a plea deal or something like that. I, I don't – I know he ended up not not having to face the full extent of the law yeah. for one reason or another. Yeah. Like well, he still got some sh- – he still got shit on. Yeah. But like he didn't get like – Shit on, shit on. I mean, it's it's nobody's fault but his own. Correct. Like, I, I go many, many months without trafficking narcotics. It's not that hard to not traffic narcotics. What's crazy to me is, like, the dude was a huge piece of shit, right? But he was halfway decent when he tried. When he gave a shit? Yeah. Or, or, or let, me, let me put it this way. When it was something he wanted to do. He was good. He was good at it. But when he... When it wasn't something that he wanted or benefited him, he didn't yeah. fucking care. Like he had, he had tons of potential. He just didn't choose to, yeah, utilize it. So my point is, like, until you're like a season second, you're not really worth anything. I was a piece of shit when I first made second, man. I didn't know anything. You know, I didn't know anything about the military, being a, you know, having a family, like being like an independent person. Like yeah, the the specific job I had. I had to grow up a lot yeah. when I made second. That's you know that was one of the best pieces of advice I got was going to the I, I got put in a position where like I had to like it was either sink or swim like yeah. I was either gonna like have to grow up and crush it or I was just gonna crash and burn real fast. Um, but I I think like what's gonna happen is you're gonna have pieces of shit slip through the cracks and yeah. like all of a sudden you'll be like whoa you're a chief and they'll be like yeah. Yeah, and then it's it's pretty hard to, like, knock down a chief. Yeah, it depends. So, yeah, but, like, okay, let's let's say you. Say you took a job, and you they gave you an anchor, okay? And then, turns out, you're not that fucking good at this new job, in this new position. 
I don't think there's anything that says they're going to take the anchor away. I don't think it says you have yeah. to be like a probationary period where you have to be successful yeah. for 90 days or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, even even if you are a piece of shit chief, like worst case scenario, you'll get like you get like reprimanded by the other chiefs or yeah. like the, and you'll just get a new job. And you'll be like, else. "Oh, my bad." Like, I've seen chiefs removed because of like like you know, they don't fit in their shop or they're fucking mean or they like they don't like what it the only time I've ever really seen it happen where like fuck something up is where like they relieve an EPO or an XPO. Yeah. That's really the only time it's like a big deal. If you're just a chief on a ship or a chief at a sector or a chief at SFO or an air station, it's just like, well, the paint shop wasn't really good for you. Let's go over and try facilities. And that's pretty much all that happens. You still get the same fucking pay. Yeah. You're just looked at as a piece of shit. But I don't know. I I'm kind of like excited for this to see how it goes, but I'm also like a little reprehensive because I think some piece of like if they don't do this the right way, some pieces of shit are gonna get through. No, yeah, but overall though, I think it's good. So like how like we've been there's always ups and downs. There's ebb and flow of the Coast Guard workforce, and I've never seen it. Where we're so short-handed, where they're like, "Yeah, dude, uh, ASVAB ten, you can be forty or forty-five, or you can uh, have this, you can have that. Um, we'll waive your medical shit, um, and yeah, guess what? I'll just make you a fucking E seven or E eight if you want it because we're so short. So like, if we're this short-handed, things are bad, and some some retards are gonna slip through. Yeah, but like, I also see it being good as a way." A good way to fill these jobs that nobody ever like puts down on their dream sheets. I don't know. I got. I have like one of my one of my dream jobs is like not really desirable for anybody, but I've never been able to get there because it's desirable for somebody. It's desirable, for, but like it's. I don't know if it's desirable for somebody. Like I called the guy and I was like, you know, I was like, hey, I'm thinking about putting your job down when I transfer. He's like, why would you do that? I was like, I'm like what? He goes, this place fucking sucks. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, this is the worst unit I've ever been to. And he's like, but I'm extending. I was like, why are you extending? He goes, well, I'm from here. I go, oh, okay. Yeah, see. So, like, it's not – I also am not going looking at jobs anymore. I've done all the jobs I could do. I don't want to be an instructor, like, at Tracen. I don't want to, like – I don't want to be on another ship. I've been to sectors. I've been to stations. I've been to air stations. I just – I've been to a lot of the units we have available, and I just – it's all about location now. I don't give a shit about my job. I would only go back to a ship if my wife says I can go back to a ship. If she, if I get orders to a ship, more than likely I will silo. Hmm. This far in? Yeah. Really? As much as I wouldn't want to. Like, being able to be home with my family and seeing my daughter – is it's way more, more it's important. more important to me than getting a retirement check. Yeah. Like, sure, I could still see my daughter, but, like, you miss birthdays. You miss, you, you miss Oh, yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, keep an eye out for your rate. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe you're tripping to fucking chief. Maybe you're, you know, even if you think you're not good enough, maybe you're just the least. Yeah, biggest, maybe, maybe you're the only one who puts in. Yeah, maybe you're the least biggest piece of shit. And they go, I, well, I guess. And then you, you're you a chief all of a sudden. Yeah. Do you think you still have to do, like, CCTI and CPOA? Oh, 100. 
well, CCTI I think is voluntary. It is, but CPOA is mandatory. So you would you would have to do CPOA at some point. Well, CPOA is not mandatory. It, it is mandatory now. It it's all, it's mandatory if you want to be an E8. That's the old rules. It changed. Yeah, I could probably weasel a lot of it. <laughs> there are people who who do, but those people are deployed. <laughs> nah, I'm sure I could get out of it. I got diarrhea. Uh, next. So they're letting people back in who got kicked out for COVID. Correct. Yeah, I have seen things on the internet where people are like, hey, I got a call from a recruiter today asking me if I wanted to come back. Blah, 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 blah. Are they, are, so is the Coast Guard doing same rate, same rank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, 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 whatever position you were in when you left. Like if you were, uh, what if you were above the cut and they kicked you out? So I don't know. That's, I haven't seen that scenario. But like if you were, if you were BM1 and you got kicked out, right? That they are offering you to come back, as far as I know, at, as a BM1. If the Coast Guard kicked me out, I would tell them to go fuck themselves so hard. So I see it two ways, right? I see the, the side of, that you're on, right? Like, well, they did this to me once. What's to stop them from doing it to me again? Yeah. But the, the other side, like, some people want that retirement pay. Some people, it, some people enjoy the work that they're doing. Who? There's, there's some <laughs> Give me an example. <laughs> Jimothy. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I think that's bullshit. Like, uh, you said you saw a story about the Marines, like... Um, yeah, it was like... Uh, I, I forget who posted I thought it was not in regs, but I couldn't find the post when I went back and looked for it. But it, it was saying something like... Uh, I got told today I had to... Co- like, they're forcing people to come back to the Marines... That they kicked out over the vaccine, um, but they're saying they never actually processed the discharge paperwork. But if they have their DD two fourteen, yeah, that's that's what I'm like. I'm like, do you have the DD two fourteen? Because I would tell them get fucked. What if you're on like inactive reserve status, like IRR? Like yeah, like so like when you sign up for four years, you're not signing up for four years. You're signing up for eight years. Correct. So that's that could be a scenario where they could do that. Uh, you know, I. That's a good question. I, I feel like a recruiter should weigh in on that. So, like, if you get discharged, other than honorable, right? Like, mm-hmm. or general, are you still on the hook for IRR time? I don't know. Also, like, think about like, so if I get kicked out for COVID vaccine, mm-hmm. and then I come back in and I reenlist. Can I put my own name down for the $1,000 bonus in the LOC? I, I think an active duty person has to recruit you, if that makes sense. Like, actually, you have to say, I was referred by a disgruntled sailor. You can totally say that. And if you do that, we'll send you our real names so we can get an <laughs> LOC and a grant. <laughs> I just, I, I think there's so many issues with, like, offering it back to people, like... What I don't like is that they're not giving after they because they've already like takesy backseat on the rules right there now now you don't have to have the vaccine anymore or whatever but like I think it's bullshit that they're asking people to come back and not giving them back pay now that they backpedaled on that stand yeah I think there should be retro pay you should make sure your time gets updated all that shit I think it's bullshit and like so when you get out your points probably go away do you think their points come back on the service wide I don't know. That's a good fucking question. Yeah, there's so many things like, yeah. does your seat time go away? Like, you haven't been, like, 
let's say you come back, you got kicked out of a vaccine, and you know it's April now, and you come back in in May, your marks are due in May. Um, you haven't been at that you, unit you in ha- days. You, you have to do marks. You haven't been, yeah. <laughs> so like, and the, the service wide is coming up. If you don't have marks in. You're not eligible for the service wide, but you were eligible and would be eligible yeah. if your marks have been done in. Well, your command can do a quick set of service wide marks. I mean, I think I know they can't. I'm just saying there's there's a lot of things here where they're just like I yeah, think I a feel lot like of questions they're that aren't really public knowledge. I feel like I feel like the Coast Guard's a little Dutch boy at the dam. Just like people are leaving, like COVID, and they put a finger in that, and then it's okay. People are leaving over that, another finger, and then they go, you know. MST to MSSE warrant program, and there's a finger. And, like, each each little new program they come out with is just a finger in the dam until either everyone just gives up or they make us all civilians. We're already halfway there. But if, if you think about it, though, like, recruiting numbers are the lowest I've ever been. Uh-huh. I don't know if retention is the lowest I've ever been, but it's got to be close. So at my unit, I talk to a warrant who's in charge of, like, it's got to be 50, 60 people. He's like, I've been here a year, and not one E4 has re-enlisted. Not one. Yeah, so it's got to be, like, it's got to be the lowest it's ever been or or pretty close. Yeah, right? like, everyone's just getting so out, like, like, fuck this. If you think about it, Big Coast Guard has to implement some sort of new age shit to keep people. I heard a rumor from a very high-ranking person that the Mamadant does not acknowledge we have a recruiting problem. If If that is true... Right, because you, you told me about that, and you said you trust this person. I probably would too. They're just a, based they're, off listen, their position. they're a very high-ranking person in a very prestigious position that not a lot of people get but, to. But if that is true, that is the dumbest shit I've ever heard somebody. Well, like, why did they not televise the fucking state of the Coast Guard? So, I it, it what do you mean tell? You mean like so, streamed? Like. No, so like every it's not ever on like national TV. No, no, yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah, you can see it. Watch it on C-SPAN, or you can look it up. Oh, okay. okay. So, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so every state of the Coast Guard address, I get thirty fucking emails. I get it from this admiral, this admiral. Then I get it from my 06. Then I get it from my 05. It's like, hey, we're all doing this. We're watching this. Make sure you check it. These are the key topics. This one, it was just like, oh, that that happened, really. And it was, I was told it was behind closed doors. So, I I watched it. I had to dig for the link mm-hmm. to, to watch it before they came out and emailed the link to everybody. After, after the, fact. the fact. Yeah. So, I watched it. And it was, it wasn't, it was one of the worst ones I've ever seen. Yeah. But from what I got an email from a senior chief buddy of mine who got an email from a master chief buddy of his that said something along the lines of, if your people are not happy with the state of the Coast Guard address, it wasn't designed for them. It was designed for members of Congress to like try. So the from what the way the email was worded was like it was to try. It was like the Coast Guard trying to pitch what they needed to do better. You know, between it upsets me about Mabinot because she came out fucking swinging. Like, I was like, oh, like, my first thought, like, and this isn't going to, this is going to sound sexist, but it's not, is like, oh, we have all of these people getting positions based on their race and gender, and it, it it's becoming more prevalent, and I was like, look, if she's the best one for it, great, I don't care, and 
I just didn't want like because Biden made a big deal about like oh the first woman coming onto the Coast Guard like he made a big deal. It's a political thing, but like I was kind of taken back and impressed when she like literally came out swinging like taking pictures with the old Mick Pog and like what was the one thing she did like second weekend that was like oh look Mama not oh. Mamadon kind of like didn't she like acknowledge the term Mamadon? Yeah, and I was like, oh shit, cool, good for her. Like, oh she's not she's not a person that got it because of her gender. She got it because she knows what she's doing and she's cool. She's an admiral who's seen some shit. I was like, great, I'm totally fine with that. And then she's she's backpedaling, she's backpedaling. You know the vaccine, the um, you know the beards. Like, well, I'm, well that wasn't her. No, no, I know, vaccine. I know, I know, it wasn't her specifically, but like when. I, I think it was you or somebody was like – I think it was you that said – the mom and I said she will never approve beards until the Navy does. Not until the Navy, until another service. Another does. service. Yeah. Another service does. Yeah, so – Like I thought she was like ready to like – we're the Coast Guard. I'm here to change some shit. And she's just – she keeps going farther and farther away from what she was like the first couple months she was in. Yeah, it's all political. I wouldn't want that job. No. No way. I mean it'd be cool for a minute. I feel like I'd just make a dope-ass coin and I'd yeah. bring beards back and win the hearts and souls of the entire fleet. Uh, but that's that's pretty much the extent of my capabilities. Yeah, but I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. I don't know. Um, next is the uh, did uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but there was a proposed bill for VA disability rates. Um, before we go any farther, just know it got it got turned down or vetoed or didn't pass whatever it didn't pass, it didn't pass whatever it was supposed to. There was a proposed bill. Was it, it was from the VA? No, it was from like the office of Congress or some shit. Yeah. Like that. So, if you made over a hundred, it was. I'm, I'm gonna from it's my a, memory. From what a, I remember, it was 140. If, yeah. If you made 140 thousand dollars gross household income, meaning you and your spouse. Yeah. That they would like subtract like. So for every dollar over 140 thousand, you would lose two dollars on your disability. Yeah. And then they said if your household income was 170000 or you more. You got zero. You got fucking zero. So in theory, if that bill would have passed, you could have, let's say, some spec ops dude overseas blow his leg off over an ID, And then his wife's a doctor and she makes $250,000 a year, get zero VA benefits. Which with current inflation, 140000 is not that fucking much anymore. Yeah, well like... What does that say about, like, the country you're going to support and defend when you literally lost a limb and then they're like, fuck you, you get shit? Uh, it's been that way for a couple years now. They don't, like, like I, do you remember when Home Depot and Lowe's used to have veteran and active duty parking? Mine still does. A lot of them do not. They've been taken down. Uh, it was, like, handicapped, expectant mothers, and then, like... Military and you know who still has one? Tractor Supply still fucking has one. I fucking love Tractor Supply. I still Supply. fucking love Tractor Supply. We should see what they they're all about. They, I wonder if they want in. <laughs> you think you, <laughs> you want Tractor Supply? To, what are they going to give what, as a sponsor? Chickens. Ch- chicken seed? No, just chickens. Regular chickens. <laughs> yeah, can you mail me out some chickens and like, I'll, I'll do a review on mason them? Mason jars, <laughs> a chainsaw, a hat. I mean, the sky's the limit, you know. Um. But I think it's it's such a kick in the fucking teeth. Like, whenever I tell people, it's like, oh, yeah, I can retire at 39. They're like, oh, it must be nice. It was like, I'm not retiring. Like, co- like, military 39, military 40, like age of 40, is not 40 to people that worked in cubicles. 
It's um, you. Your body has been beaten and broken so much. There's a reason you get to retire at 20 years because it's so fucking god awful. Excuse me, that they let you retire at 20. Like if if I was doing a normal job, my body wouldn't be broken right now. I'd be totally fine because I went in a cubicle. I might have some heart stuff or some liver stuff, but my knees, my feet, my back, my sciatica, my eyes, you know, everything's all fucked up. It's like you do 20 years of just getting the shit beat out of you and they go, oh, actually, um, you make too much money. No, thank you. It's not, it's not that you make, I get what they're doing. Like you don't need it. Your family makes enough. That's not the point. I fucking earned it. Correct. It's like those days on the back end or like when you do a job and don't get your fucking award. Speaking of that, old XO, if you listen, and I still need those days on the back end. And if, yeah, if you are listening, I'm sorry for anything negative I've ever said about you because the one we got after you, boy, was I a fucking idiot. <laughs> I apologize for everything I ever said. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's fucking bullshit. Um, but what really troubles me the most is... I had to find this, like, I stumbled across this. Like, someone didn't send it to me. I sent it to you. No, I fucking found it and sent it to you. No, idiot. No, I idiot. I sent it to fucking you. I'm about to prove it right now. Guess we'll just sit and wait. Yeah, hold on. I'm telling you, I found it. You sent it to me. And I said, yes, I saw that. I don't think so. 100%. I'm on so many fucking weird websites and Facebook groups. You have no idea, bro. Just sit here in silence. Okay. Sorry. I was, my wife texted me. It's an important question. Regardless, my point is they pass things like this. All they, they try to pass things all the time and don't let you know about them. Like what should have happened is it should have been on the news. You should have been informed so you can call your congressman, your senator to let them know how to vote, yeah. which is how this country is supposed to work, and it doesn't. They're to ban could you imagine, though, if it would have passed? Like, riots, bro. Well, I mean, they're all disabled, so they can't really riot. There are people who Just are kidding. disabled <laughs> who are still some lethal motherfuckers. Oh, no, for sure, for sure. I, I, It, it would have been bad. Um, but, yeah, keep an eye out for bills like that, because Uncle Sam's trying to fuck you any chance they get. So, you got anything else for that? No. It's your turn for the... For the FRC? Yes. Okay, uh, I just looked this up, so it's going to be... Awful? Yeah. Well, you have a sixth grade reading level and don't research like I do, so... Yeah. If you're if you're listening, pause for a second and go look up the Lawrence Lawson and look at the picture of this fucking dude. He has a huge beard and a cowboy hat in his fucking, like, his picture... <laughs> This dude, and then there's another picture of him on the front of this fucking, like, rowboat with, like, a fucking top hat. Like, the Mad Hatter top hat. This dude fucks, for sure. So, Lawrence Oscar Lawson was born near... His name's LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. Was born near Kalmar, Sweden in 1842. Oh, bark, bark, bark. It says, in 1878, Lawson became a permanent resident of Evanston. Two years later, in July 1880, he was appointed keeper of the U.S. Life Saving Service Station on the campus of Northwestern Academy, 
later known as Northwestern University. Where's that at? I don't know where Northwestern is. Really? Yeah. Speaking of that, in the airport on the way here, there was a bunch of Northwestern hockey players. <laughs> really? Like, yeah. Where's Northwestern University at? I don't know. You didn't take any swag to give to people in the airport? No. Nobody found me in Key West, by the yeah. way. Oh, and actually, two people did. Actually, I have a patch on my backpack that if somebody randomly sees me and calls me out on it, they'll probably get that patch. Well, I don't ever show up. <laughs> this episode will be out. I actually had two people... <clears throat> One, well, one knew who I was because I was with a friend when I went to the Keys. Yeah. And then I had somebody else I think also was a friend. But only two people found me in Key West, by the way. Uh, anyways, uh, Station Evanston was unique from 1877 until 1915, until the 1915 merger of the Life Saving Service with the U.S. Revenue Cutter Service to form the Coast Guard. All of the surfmen at Evanston were volunteers from the student body of Northwestern. Damn. Uh, Keeper Lawson was a vi- was very careful to select student volunteers best suited to the rigid training and discipline required of a life-saving crew. Um, let's see. That's not good. That's not good. That's not good. All right, cool. So there's a... He's... <coughs> what made him... Quote famous, I guess, was this huge rescue for the steamer Calumet, C A L U M E T. Sure. Says the ship was bound to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, with a cargo of coal. A few days previous, as it that's got to be where Northwestern is, then in like Wisconsin. Maybe. That's not Northwest. That's the Midwest. I I don't know. Look it up. I will. Uh. A few days previous, as it was passing through a shallow part of the Detroit River, the steamer ran afoul of an anchor on the bottom and sprung a leak. The damage was so serious that the ship's commander, Captain Green, deemed it prudent to repair as much as practical and take a steam pump on board to keep the ship afloat. Okay. Northwest University is in Seattle. That doesn't sound right. Northwestern? Oh, it's Northwestern? Yeah. Oh, hold on. I, t- I spelled North- I did Northwest University. Yeah, I, I know what you did. Northwestern University is in fucking Illinois. It's just north of Chicago. Mm. Gross. So this boat had a hole in it, sprung a leak, and the ship's captain was like, "Hey, uh, it's prudent to repair this as much as practical." No shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it says. The steam pump that they had on would have been sufficient to save it. What? Sound it out. Would have been sufficient to save it had a gal, a gale not come on after passing through the Strait of Mackinac. Is that how you say that? Mackinac? Where or are you? Right here. Yeah, Mackinac. It's, it's, up, it's up yonder, and they have a lot of weird words up there. It says it was a terrible storm with binding sleet and snow. The thermometer dropped to 10 degrees. The high sea caused the leak to begin anew. It increased with such rapidity. Is that a word? Rapidity. That means uh, repetition like over and over. Like rapid. Like yeah. Fast. Yeah. I know what it means. It just doesn't sound like it's a word. Okay. Anyways, with such rapidity that it got out of control, even with the pumps working at full capacity. Uh, another element of the danger is that they were unable to find the lights of Milwaukee Har- Harbor. So in this dilemma, 
the captain resolved to attempt to reach Chicago. Before long, however, the wrecking pump gave out. Green decided to run the Calumet ashore to save the lives of his crew. The vessel had not run far had not run far before it grounded heavily on a shoal about a thousand yards from shore. It lay off Fort Sheridan some ten to twelve miles north of the nearest life saving station at Evanston, Illinois. I guess if we would have kept reading, we'd have figured out where yeah. Northwestern was. You're like a BM1 at a station who's got to read an award and is not having a good time with it. <laughs> I'm to, like the horrible to, XO. To who also see these presents, <laughs> greetings. That's, that's what you sound like right now. It says, uh, it was about 10.30 o'clock on the night of November 27th. 10.30 o'clock? That's what it says. Word for word. 10.30 o'clock. Do you know how we say o'clock? I, I would just say 22.30. Do you know why we, use, why we say o'clock? No. So if it was like 10 o'clock, it was the 10th hour of the clock, and then it got shortened to 10 o'clock. I think you've actually said that on here before. I have. I was just seeing if you remember. Okay, anyways, uh, the 18 aboard found themselves in a terrible situation. An attempt to save themselves by the boat was out of question, and no help could reach them before dawn. Blah, 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 blah. Lawson dashed (laughs) off to the nearest. I'm cutting some, some gup out. So Lawson dashed off to the nearest livery stable and engaged teams to haul the boat to the beach apparatus to the fort. Then he went back to the station and mustered his crew. One man was directed to remain behind with instructions to wait for the North Patrol to come in and then take the boat to somewhere else to fucking join him later. Uh, the shore at the, at the point was bold, precipitous bluff, some 70 or 80 feet high. Ah, uh, precipitous bluff. Precipitous bluff. Like, we all know what that fucking That's the kind of tree. There's a precipitous tree. Yeah. So, this compelled the party to start uh, to traverse several ravines before they finally reached the place where they could operate at 5 o'clock. 5 of the clock. Yeah. Uh, the surfman built a fire to serve as a beacon to the people. <laughs> Somebody fucking door. I think somebody's knocking on your Jesus door. Christ. Bro, this is so long. That's why you should you should do your research, so you can paraphrase you, the fire. They started a fire. Yeah, to serve as a beacon for the crew. Okay. All right. Paraphrase. 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 Uh. The lifesavers made three trips in all, rescuing six men in each trip, thus rescuing the entire crew of eighteen men without any of them being seriously frostbitten. By the time they accomplished this work, the station men were almost in as bad a plight as the men they had saved. The assisting party took charge of the boat, and after hauling them back to, onto the bluff, saw it safely on its carriage in the charge of the Teamster en route. So this dude launched a fucking crew, traversed multiple ravines, ravines, uh, over a precipitous bluff. Ah, uh, yes, that was seventy to eighty feet in the air. Moist precipitous. <laughs> Jesus Christ. A moist precipitous. Oh my gosh. Uh. And he won the life-saving medal because of it. Oh. did he? So the students couldn't get it because they were volunteers. So all Correct. That, so. so was he an officer? Are, were officers keepers? I don't know. I Maybe, don't, I don't, don't think either. so. Big, if they were, that checks out. That checks out, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's rad. Uh, that's when men were men. I want that dude's beard. That thing was ZZ Top esque. You're you have too thin a hair to grow a beard like that. Uh, yeah, probably. I probably can't grow. Yeah. That long of a beard. Uh, you got any last calls? I actually I do not. Okay, I have some. Okay. All right. You know how sometimes when you're sad 
and you or like don't feel good or like you're depressed, you like you binge eat or like you crave yeah, things. That's every day. Yeah. So like <laughs> You if, fat bitch. <laughs> so any meat consumed when you're depressed is technically a uh, emotional support animal still. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So big brain. Um so space space, you know, where we exist. Like so it either stops somewhere or it doesn't stop somewhere. And both of those are pretty fucking crazy, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that took me a minute. Yeah. So like either it stops, which is fucking crazy, like it's just that's the end of space. Or it doesn't stop. That's even crazier, and it goes on for infinity. I'll wait till you're done with your text. I'm, I'm not texting. I'm trying to look up something that I saw the other day that I thought was cool. So this one kind of is it's kind of funny, especially because you're here right now, and you fly out tomorrow. It's harder to get your friend to drive you to the airport than it is to get a blowjob from a stranger. Bro. Yeah, this motherfucker is making me take an Uber to the airport. <laughs> I picked you up in rush hour traffic when you got here. I'm not getting up at 4.30 in the morning to take you to the fucking airport on my last day of leave. Some fucking friend. I don't think we ever were like mutually exclusive as like, hey, you want to be besties? We just like keep hanging around each other. Um, and I got, I got to read them out, the last one. Oh, I have a text too. Uh, let's see where to go. So this one actually reminds me of RC Cola. Yeah. And um, what was the other chief? The other uh, chief that was same rate with him. What did oh, we call the it? angry one? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say his real name. I mean, he's out now. I still don't want to say it. Yeah. So this. So like, when I was going like trying to get my cocks and stuff, they both were like they both had different ways of teaching. But that, like, like I remember him going, like, you know, what's the most privileged vessel on the on the water? And like, I would give him the correct answer from uh, from the Navarros. He's like, nope. He's like, the vessel being overtaken is the most privileged vessel in the water. And like, it was like a real, like a real, like DW, like, heh, you didn't know that, idiot. Like, heh. Uh, and this reminds me of him and RC Cola, and it says. The mark of a great ship handler is never getting into situations that require great ship handling. Uh, yeah. Doesn't that sound like them? Mm-hmm, like, does. like, I remember, like, watching the Ensigns and some other people, like, navigate the ship while I was on Kumo. And, like, I mean, I literally tricked an officer into thinking <laughs> there was a rogue wave. Right? Yeah. And other ones were like... Yeah, I see it. I know. I saw it like, you know, you have chiefs that were the actual OD. Like, I saw that eight minutes and, ago. Yeah, and you have the ensigns like, oh, my God, there's a shipper. He's like, yeah, I was wondering how long it was going to take you to see that. And it's just, it's one of those, like, that's, that's an, like, if RC Cola was going to get a tattoo, that would be RC Cola's tattoo. <laughs> so if you're listening, you should get that as a tattoo. I'll say it again. The mark of a great ship handler is never getting to situations that require great ship handling. And that was from Fleet Admiral Erm. Ernest J. King. So, uh, did you know? Probably. I bet you don't know this. It has to do with bass fishing. Okay. 
Challenge accepted. Who had the most influence on bass fishing in Japan? This is a trick question. No, it's not. Yeah. Um, you don't have to give me a name because I don't remember the name. I can't. I it was a race car driver, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. It was like a mafia boss. Like, dude was in like the Yakuza or some shit like that. Like, he was like the leader of one of these like crime syndicates. And he was like, you know what I fucking want in Japan? Because bass weren't native to Japan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was like, I want fucking bass. And so his little minions got a bunch of bass and brought them back for him. <laughs> okay? And then he goes, you know what? I want some bass from America because they have big bass. Mm-hmm. So they went and they stole a bunch of fucking bass and brought them back. I wonder and, where they got them from. I don't know. But the the video that I saw was like, that is how bass fishing in Japan got its start. was from this crime syndicate dude. And, it, and now... The Japanese bass fishermen are some of the greatest in the world. Yeah, there's actually some really good ones. Like, did you know, like, uh, um, do you know what um, what a what Saddam's bass is? Saddam, like Saddam Hussein. Mm-hmm. Like he had a pet bass. Is that no, what you're trying no, to tell me? he had there was a and this fish that we all know over there is called Saddam's bass or Saddam's fish or something like that, and he had his own fishing pond. And, like, there's pictures and videos of U.S. Army or U.S. forces fishing and catching them because it was his favorite fish to catch and eat. Really? Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> it was a carp. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me it was, like, an actual bass, like a largemouth bass. No, like, like, like bass. you can look it up. Like, there's, there's videos, of, like, you've seen pictures of guys when they liberated, like, Iraq and shit, mm-hmm. and they're, like, fishing and then catching carp. Yeah. I was actually... Uh, listen to Steve Ranella. He said that. It was pretty neat. So. My cousin actually blew up one of his fucking palaces. Really? Yeah. He has pictures of him sitting on his gold throne. Solid fucking gold. You should have knocked a piece <laughs> off. But, all right, you got anything else? I do not. Okay. Well, uh, bye. Later. Later.